I totally didn't know what number this was. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what episode this is? I, I do now. Like two seconds before we start. Episode 67 of the Jello Podcast. At Jello Podcast on the Twitter, your handle. Uh, mine Brown. is uh, your, ex, your next ex-boyfriend. No. Yes, 12 Brown. T W E L V E B R O W N. I love yes, it. I love yes. it. <laughs> that um so follow those follow at, at twelve brown. That feed is ridiculous. Makes me laugh. It's often. ridiculous. Yeah. It is it is absolutely ridiculous. You I used uh, to pick a lot of fights. On, yeah, I don't do it so much. I really just kind of tweet my depression at this point, is what <laughs> I do. I just <laughs> I find if if you really want a good tweet. Tweet the very first thing in the morning. Like your thought, the first thing in the morning is, I think for everybody, is probably the most, um, it's going to be the most like inside thought you have. And generally it's, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the when you're still kind of drunk, it's almost like when you're the funniest. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. It's um, it's a different kind of drug. Well, you know, uh, comedians say that they put a notebook by their bed because the first thoughts when they wake up in the morning are the funniest ones. It's uh, sort of a touchstone. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Are you seated comfortably? Drink in hand. Excellent. Fantastic. Okay, tonight uh, I'm going to tease this, and I bet we get to all these. <laughs> a thousand things. Uh, new music. You've got some new music. You've I been did. excited about I this. I did. Uh, does this look good to you? Yeah, we actually are. We're generally a lot hotter than this, but this is fantastic because I'm loud, as we all know. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm going to turn it up even more. Um, you've never heard of this, Get Rid of a Thousand Things? No, I haven't. Well, it's sort of along the lines of simplify your life and that, that sort of thing, right? Is it like the minimalist thing that's going well, on right now? It's a piece of that. Anyway, I don't know who came up with it. I, I didn't do enough show prep. but So you get rid of a thousand things. Like you literally get rid of a thousand things. Well, now, are these all objects or are these also yes. psychological? Yes, uh, objects. They're all objects. You realize that you have a thousand things that you can get rid of. You, you, you think right now you're going, do I have a thousand things to get rid uh, yeah, of? Yeah, I don't. I... Uh, I per, perennial? I don't even know if that's a word, but I, mm. I generally... Um, uh, you, every three or four years, I will purge. go through and do a purge, right? Yeah. I will purge quite a, in fact, I only have, I think one box and it's one of those like U-Haul storage boxes that uh, are keepsakes? actually keepsakes. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly everything else is, you know, guns and clothes. The stuff you wouldn't get rid of. Yeah. I don't know if you I haven't have worn it. The, the rule with clothes is if you haven't worn it in a year, you get rid of it out of your closet. I, I do five years. I do five years because, of course, I'm a slim trim. Like I, I don't gain a lot of weight, so you I can actually, still wear it. I try it on. I've got a, I've got a nice bit of Brooks Brothers, timeless, and I um tried on a pair of slacks the other day from five years ago, and you know what? They fit perfectly. 
So Fuck close, you. close wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> so close wouldn't be a thing for me. Yeah, I've I've stayed. I have not breached. I guess one seventy four. I'm generally somewhere in like the. <laughs> if you could see that out in Radio Land, he is flipping me off right now, which he does often. Uh, I know what pants you can get rid of, because you're a staunch. You don't like skinny jeans anymore. You you hate them, and you're right; they are out. I uh, yeah, I'm not a huge skinny. Je- in fact, it's funny because these right now that I'm wearing are quote skinny jeans, but I've worn them so much that they're not skinny <laughs> jeans anymore. <laughs> Your 174 pound ass has. They've now turned into Levi's 514s. Like they're boot cut at this point. I like. think you can still wear. And speaking from Austin, we absolutely know nothing about style compared to people from New York or London true, or wherever true. else. But you can wear skinny pants not jeans still but you gotta have the right body you don't buy like the Eng- like english cut slacks like yeah, the skinny absolutely yeah. yeah absolutely That'll especially with like up. a leather upper or something wow we sound uh, just get, grab that gq let's just start reading from that i did the other day and there's some real cool looks in there with uh these like bomber jackets with like oh, yeah. sheepskin oh yeah and they're a thousand fucking bucks, and I'm thinking, I bet I could find that same jacket at Burlington. You know, for a I, couple hundred. I have you think? my great, I have my grandfather's bomber jacket from the U.S. Navy. Awesome, awesome. And I gave it last year. I finally, after years and years and years, gave it to my son. Well, hopefully, he realizes that. It too will come back in style another three or four times. Do you think you have a thousand things to get rid? Like, if well, you, let me tell you, sir. Get rid of your kids' bunk beds. Get rid. <laughs> well, I ended up. My final number was seven hundred and forty-seven. Really? And let me tell you that three hundred of those were fucking Pokemon cards. Now a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people are you know they're really stringent about the rules of the get rid of a thousand things they go that is part of a collection you should count that as one and i say no if we're talking about a thousand things the boy may have wanted to keep 200 of those hey they're gone yeah bye-bye if if my son could chime in right now because i remember when we got rid of his pokemon cards really and he i think he probably he probably had somewhere in the neighborhood three maybe 500 pokemon cards. yeah and the worst part is that when we I guess it was like a beanie baby. We always thought like they would be worth something. <laughs> but when we went to go give them away, he got like $15. Like it, it was, they're not, they're really, they're not. The things we think are worth something. That is the point. And of, that is, God. That's the point of getting rid of a thousand things. Um, uh, a couple things happen. You, you start making deals with yourself. You go, well, is this collection only one thing or is is this you know what i'm saying and then you go you get a little bit kind of weird you go i need to get rid of this too this you don't have to throw away everything but it also it just sets you in a different mindset of prioritizes what's yeah it, it, it's like well maybe i don't need my car if you live <laughs> <That's another thing. laughs> you know what i mean I, you, if you live in a household with a dog and three cats if you get rid of one of the animals does that count as like 40 things like <laughs> it's that, funny that you mentioned that <laughs> I, I said to my ex-wife i said um i'm getting rid of a thousand things uh i'm at 640 make that 641 the cat's gone she goes just don't lose the kids okay i, hope. <laughs> I mean you could lose will let's be honest like yeah. well you know the <laughs> well there's uh 
you know, there's shit like uh, paint buckets. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It matches the paint. I don't use that very often. Right. Get rid of them. Right. Take a picture of the top of the lid. You can still match it later. You don't have to keep the goddamn thing around. If I got rid of my golf clubs, would each golf club count as one thing? Now we're talking. And then like the golf bag, you know, one thing, because that's, there's eight things right there, like with the no problem. Right. I would separate if, if all the golf clubs were the same, were all ping, then I'd say the set's <laughs> gone. The bag is separate. If, if the putter was one brand. The driver was another. They're titly iced, as I like to say it. Uh-huh. Well, then, so the thing is, the, the number a thousand, when you're doing, you're kind of parsing it like you're talking about, it's what makes you keep getting rid of stuff. I've never Even heard. if you say, all right, I got rid of all my golf clubs, that's 14. It's only 14 out of a thousand. Out of a thousand? Right. That's a drop in the bucket. Yeah, that that's right. nothing. And it's. It's funny because, okay, so minimalism has, uh, about two years ago, a guy came out with a documentary called Minimalist. And that was a thing. Is he, I have not seen it. You should watch it. It's it's pretty amazing. And he literally got rid of everything. And I'm talking about everything. Like, bed, he just has like a bed, a side table. Like He got rid of a ton of electronic devices Yeah, that we uh, don't realize. Phones, yeah, that um, we don't realize we still have around. And um, they're not doing anything. He goes around the country and gives these lectures on downgrading your consumer, yeah, um, hoarding. Not 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 your consumer habits, just your consumer hoarding of things. Which this is exactly. Th- th- you this try to tell a person like. from a depression area era to get rid of a thousand things, no. they go fuck you. I ain't getting rid of shit. Well, isn't that funny? Because uh, I can tell you. If you go out to like a ranch in East Texas, they have the necessities. There's no a thousand things for them to get rid of, and they are doing just fine. Like they are surviving. Just, I guarantee you, I have a thousand shotgun shells I can get rid of. Okay, I guarantee. I so that would be a thousand things. But you know better that that's not that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, that's not well that, and then you know that that's not really a thousand things. Right. Right. That's very I told the kids, too, like, hey, um, here's what I'm doing. Do you have stuff that you don't want? And it was interesting because they also put shit in a box, stuffed animals. Like, Oh, I, yes. Do I need those? Yes. Daddy? No. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. so, it's so funny what you, what you end up gathering when you have kids. The shit that was in my filing cabinet, like, here's a... I had a box of wires and cords and a lot of people do. I counted that as one, but it could have been 30. Probably. It could have been 30. Yeah, yeah. Why am I keeping five HDMI cables? When right. I need one, I'll right. go buy one for $8. Right. They're just taking up space. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny cause I've never heard of this and I want to do this now. This it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. This sounds fantastic. And you, you already know this about me and going back to the clothes thing. I you're do, a clothes horse, but you don't. I go back and I do the whole Buffalo Exchange, and, right? And, and I sell my clothes back, and I'm you get virtually really nothing, but at least that. you get something. Something, something. It, even if you just get in trade something to buy there, which they have good styles. Uh, it's weird. I've never thought about getting rid of like 
what's it like when I get rid of the actual objects, like the mm. objects that I have rather than just the, just the clothes, you know? Well, you know that you were talking about a box of keepsakes or whatever. I have a box of keepsakes too. That box that's in there, if I chunked it, it would put me over a thousand and I haven't looked in there a long time and I wouldn't miss it. But I bet if I went in there and looked at it right now, I'd be like, no, I ain't throwing away all of this. Oh, hell no. I have way too many naked pictures of my ex-wife. Like, why would I do? Like, <laughs> I even, it's funny because I remember when all she. All the ones I have of her too, I threw away. They got me over oh 600. Oh my God. Yeah, I have a ton. I even remember her giving, we have our sex video. And no digital pictures on your camera do not count as getting rid of them. Oh, okay. I was about to say. Um, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. She. I remember her coming over and giving, we have our VHS tape that we made when we were married a long time ago. Well, yeah, we were young. We looked great. You've seen, she listens to this podcast. We took one more trip around the sun. And we were young. I mean, I I think she was 18. I was 19. So we were like those young, we had those young, like 18, 19 bodies, like, you know, just like in a bath together. Like, like, uh, you know, that would, that would have to count as like 40 things like easily. Cause there are probably 40 things that happened in that video. Like tangible (laughs) things you can hold in your hand. Yep. For sure. That's odd. I didn't even know you were doing that. That sounds. Look, even let's say you go to the dentist, they give you, Three toothbrushes. Look, man, you only need one. Get rid of that crap. Are you the same as me? You have your toothbrush, yes. but then you have the toothbrush that you use to scrub shit it with. Yes. Uh, have and you ever have worried that? Have comes... you ever worried about getting those confused? No. Oh my god, I worry about it all the time. Even though they're in completely separate spots, <laughs> like I would never be digging for this Tylex scrub- scrubbing <laughs> toothbrush, but I always have like this weird fear that I'm going to like accidentally grab like the toilet scrubbing toothbrush and just be like, "Oh, I'm brushing my teeth." Like <laughs> a lot of people have had that dream where they go, "Oh shit, I've been brushing my teeth for three months before." Oh, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> um, you know what I got rid of that I didn't realize I. I I had a ton of DVDs. You know, times have changed. Anything we want is on demand now. It's true. It's true. There's no reason to have Dory I have in widescreen and full screen. <laughs> swipe or no swipey. I, I have a, I have a, I don't think I have an overabundance of DVDs. It's funny because I still have porn DVDs. That would be an easy thing to get rid of. Yeah, I still have porn. Well, they're really good. Like, they're really... I don't know if you can find... They're really good, all right? Trust me, they they are very, very good. You told me in 2002 that the porn that you had was affecting your sex life and that you got rid of it. I guess you accumulated more after that. Yeah, I got more. Okay, so I was fooled into thinking that, all right? It wasn't really affecting my... It was more the... People I were dating couldn't handle the way that I had sex. So, and we've talked about that extensively. You, you just told them too much. I, I, I want to try this though. Well, even kitchen utensils. Look, I got three of the oh, same yeah. spoon. Oh, yeah. What the fuck? How many wine? I have at least four. Four wine corkers. At least four. Uh, yeah, you need mi- max six shot glasses. That's all you need. Yeah. Yeah, you really only need like three Four. at my house. Where nobody two. comes over, two. I need two. Like that's that's all I need. Like you know, no, you're 
it, wow. It, it's uh, it, it's it's refreshing when it's done. Uh, honestly, it, it is an effort, and it is a mind reset. It, it, it's good for you. It's funny because I'm. There's thinking nothing about... I want back after giving any of that away. There's nothing that I took See, and gave away that right. I go, oh fuck. That would be the point. That would actually that would be the valid point about it is that there are things you have that just take up space. There is no sense of loss in them, even in Mm -hmm. not just psychologically, but in um, just utilitarian ways. Million dollar word. It would be neat if uh, 500 of those thousand things were something that you made payments on and then you got shed of the. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that uh, I got rid of that I didn't mean to. I have a, a dirty clothes hamper, right? It's tan. And then I have a Goodwill hamper. It's tan. I threw two pair of Lululemon shorts in there, and they're about $85 a piece. You mom. Somebody. What are you going to wear to yoga now? What are you going to wear to hot yoga? What am I going to do if an emergency yoga session breaks (laughs) out? I might have to. If Bikram comes in the door and just decides he wants to, you know. Also, a freaking pedophile. I just learned this. What is the matter with him? How did you just learn? This has been going on for a long time. Well, I. For some reason, NPR was doing a story on him, and I guess he harassed a lot of the people that he was teaching to. Oh yeah, oh yeah. To, to he fled. He am I right about this? And, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but maybe. So he had this. He had a um, huge collection, also of cars, and he'd have amassed at, a bunch of wealth. At the point at which he felt that he was going to be indicted for something, he just. Left, right? He's he's over in India or something. And Did he? We can't. We was can't he touch an American? Him. He was an American. Citizen, yeah. And, then, and he just went back, uh, and we can't. I, I could be wrong here, and, and as you know, we don't do. Well, any, we'll look at it during one of the breaks. Yeah, we but, do very little. Um, uh, I didn't know that Bikram was the name of a guy. I yeah, it is. Right? I thought it meant hot in Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Tandoori yoga. <laughs> I love tandoori. Tandoori yoga is my favorite. Delicious. Um, I believe. Yeah, tandoori but that, yoga that is, is the guy's the name, girl right? Bikram, gets right? In a downward facing dog in front of you, and you eat her ass. That's tandoori <laughs> yoga. I'm calling that for now. Look, you hurt yourself with that joke. I think it was fantastic. Thank you. It was a great joke. It was Thank a great you. joke. All right, that was uh, episode sixty-seven. We're out. We're out. Good. Good. Thanks. Nice. Uh, you know, sure. Logan, stop costing me so much money. All right. Adios, everybody. <laughs> Um, uh, but Bikram is the name of the guy, the guy. right? He's there's, filthy as shit. Weird shit going on right now. There is so I'm much you, of that. There's going to be no more male actors. Well, they're all going to be gone. Kevin Spacey. Um, well, Jeremy Piven. We can do without. Um, uh, there are, <laughs> dude. The other day on a just on a talk show mm-hmm. that was over on in England, yeah. Adam Sandler just merely placed his hand on a female actress's knee she didn't complain she was fine with it they are i guess they are pretty social and Mm -hmm. comfortable with each other okay people went nuts nuts about it reactionary right now yeah well there's kind of a reason to be that who's the other guy a jerk there's a comedian that um, was sitting next to, uh, oh, what's her name, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and she was on uh, Conan's show, and he tried to say something to her, and she goes, don't touch me. I mean, she's a raging bitch anyway, but yeah. but 
chivalry will be dead. It's sure if, heading that I mean, way. it all started with, don't you fucking hold that door for me. But, look, you can't pat people on the ass. You can't touch people. But when you're a gent, shouldn't people be able to acknowledge that? I don't know, man. Maybe. Uh, so, um, today I went to the liquor store. I'm not particularly touchy. Uh, what, neither uh, are you. I went to the liquor store and... I recognize the, um, you, you know, when they have the uh, women there that are giving out little They're tasters. Always hot. Yeah, okay, sure. Okay. I recognized it. her. I recognized her from somewhere, and I couldn't think of where it was. From the Bailey's from a shoe <laughs> campaign in 25. I really could not, and I wanted to reach out and get her attention, mm-hmm. and I normally, and you know me, I am normally a touchy person, so nor, I'm... Even with each other. We were big handshakers, huggers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And you even know this with, with, with acquaintances. I have no problem but grabbing somebody by the shoulder. Creepy. I to me. remember <laughs> I had a little bit of a mental reaction to not even tap her on the shoulder. Not even to go, hey, I rec-, you know. Because of just how things because have changed. of that. Just mm. because of that. And it's it's very, very odd it's especially for somebody who uh, such as myself who physical interaction at times is and you know this i have a little bit of social anxiety i have that weird situation a lot of and, and uh, sometimes physical contact is Breaks a way that barrier i feel right i will feel connected with a stranger yes and it's getting odd it's a gauge even to pat somebody on the shoulder, if they don't recoil from it, it's like, okay, we, we've got another sort of a bond there. Right. And now, if the answer is, or the response is, I don't like that, it's God, now, it's now I'm fucking done. Now, now I'm exiting the situation as fast as I can because I am unbelievably socially embarrassed by the situation. When I won't mean- even touch the floor on an elevator. I'll just ask somebody else. Don't. Because I'm afraid the elevator won't take me up there. It'll I'll, sue me. I, I lick the buttons. I just lick all the buttons. Just Well, that's, uh, not? Is that's that? a jailable offense now. <laughs> yeah, Fucking it's, Weinstein, it's, man. It's, it's how funny did we because... we not all know about it? We did. We did. We all... The casting couch has been the the a social joke... For decade upon decade. It took this motherfucker for us all to pile on, I guess. I mean, that's kind of what everybody's saying. Look, we're going to pile on here. Yeah. yeah. It opens a conversation about this. Do you know Do how you, boring fucked up the Oscars going to be this year? Oh, my God. They're going to be so fucking awkward. Because they're eating their own here. Golden Globes are going to be weird. It's uh, Now, I, Sean Pan should come out and make everybody very, I'm, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Doesn't he always? His face After makes people. Beating women. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Only hit right, him. I don't right, touch him. Right. He used to fucking beat fucking women. It, it, that's that's the weird thing. Is is it's not a lot of contact. Is it's almost it's. Are we? Is there a societal picking and choosing that's going on here? And sure. and and I'm just going to again. I'm I'm not trying to um I'm not trying to make light of a situation, but in the same respect you I am, to. which is this is these actresses that did that did casting couch or 
were forced to the pressures pressures of the situation. Got huge roles, humongous fucking roles. Correct. Charlize Theron, um, uh, Ashley Judd. uh, 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 I'll look up that Italian actress that he uh, went down on. Oh, uh, 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 Dario Argento. um, You know, all these women are super damn famous and they didn't say anything. Couldn't. Felt like. For money. For money. Money, 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 money. They couldn't for... Doesn't that... that see, that's the weird... That's, that's the I know part what that kind of... You're not saying that some of the burden lays on them that they didn't say anything then. Arguably, yes. But... Fuck. That's the, the fucked up part. Let's not forget. Is that those people did that. The fucked up they part... They made that pressure that those women could not... The fucked up part is the Hollywood culture. They're still culture, in the wrong. They get no pass. There's zero pass there. Absolutely no. zero pass. But there's still a motivation in all of them that is odd. That is odd. There is a yeah. There is a money and fame motivation that fame is, is good weird for no in one. that culture. Fame's good for no one. I don't know. <laughs> Unless you're wired the right way. Right. Right. Fame's good for Willie Nelson because he can handle it. You know, uh, what was it? Uh, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher got propositioned when she was like 17 by some uh, some producer. Okay. And he was forceful. Uh-huh. She got out of the situation. Yep. She walked into his office the next day with a cow's tongue and dropped it on his desk. Word. You know what? She didn't fucking deal with it. She wasn't she wasn't going okay, to succumb I'm to your point she wasn't going to succumb to the pressures of fame and money. She was she she yeah. was her ultimate I'm, demise, you but You know what I'm trying I'm, I don't I do and it's a it's a real fine sliver that you're that you're getting it into. Is. It is. But you're right, and I don't think anybody disagree with you at all. Uh I uh, uh. It, it's 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 a weird culture, and again, that's it a, is. That's a, a devil's advocate position, isolated. but I think it's a fair position. It's a fair position to question that if Carrie Fisher, somebody of talent and and somebody who was bred into that culture, is able to not succumb to the silence, why the Ashley Judd? She's from the fucking family of the Judds. Mm. You know, I mean, there are there Dario Gento. Her father's a fucking famous goddamn director. She was going to be famous regardless. That you know, was there a compromise of position there? That I'm not saying wasn't entire wasn't 100 percent these these people's faults, but also wasn't 100 percent like Weinstein's fault. But also wasn't there a power play? there that doesn't you knew it was happening you were sort of complicit in letting it happen and for you to be silent this long i I get it you didn't deserve it but do you deserve it because you didn't say a fucking thing i know you needed it mm, even deserve it isn't but deserve isn't really the right word i would say played along i think complicit is the word. complicit is the word complicit is the word God damn I know this this makes people crap. breathe heavy. It's it's a tough one. It's it's akin to the to the race thing. Look, um I'll I'm a black individual. I'll work for this company that doesn't like black people because I wanted the fucking job. I want the money. 
the money and the position is there. So who's at fault? The one that took the money, knowing, or the person that <sighs> set forth the program? There's a, it there's sucks. a fucking weird. It's it's a very odd situation, man. Where I, well, and I, so few people. Interrupting, I didn't mean to, but so few people got themselves into that situation. Or is this widespread? I think it's pretty widespread. Mm. I no, think I, I really, I believe it is widespread, and, and I think we're going to start seeing this shit like with Corey Feldman and the pedophiles. I think we're going to, we're going to see this, and we're going, things are going to become brought out to the front that mm. we have always known, known and joked about. And we, as even spectators, even carry some of the guilt and the sure. complicitness of the situation. Sure. You know, what I worry about is um, along the way, there's going to be a few that cry wolf and are going to ruin it for everybody else that has a legitimate bitch beef, whatever it is. Well, you know, and Feldman is on that line. Corey Feldman says Michael Jackson never touched him inappropriately, ever. He should have never gone there skews his whole argument even uh what's his name uh who was the writer for um uh, for richard Pryor? uh he still does he used to do the Chappelle show he um don't know uh, older black guy bald head but he maintains that he was friends with michael jackson and mm. that michael jackson never molested anybody well and it was all just a lifestyle i never thing. saw him molest anybody either neither did i yeah, I, I never even see saw a picture in which it looked like he was being overly friendly with anybody. So you know, it's it's you know. I did. I saw uh, the one where he's drinking Macaulay with the midgets, Polk and, uh, talking about yeah. <laughs> I, I would be. You got a good point. He did more to molest monkeys than he did. <laughs> <laughs> he did more f- to ruin amusement parks uh, pool than anybody. I need a drink. I yeah, this drink. is a fucking yeah, uh, a weird kind of thing. Um, wait, can wait. we bump out with something? Yeah, yeah, Here, Here we go. You have something for I us. I do. You have some new music, I, I suppose. I do. Can we Absolutely. table this? Because I, I know that people that are listening right now have opinions on it. Tweet at us. Fuck. Please. I'd love please. to hear what you oh, have to say. Come at me. Absolutely. Let's. Uh, well, you see, you invite. <laughs> that was wrong for me to somebody say. Somebody to. Uh, I, I, I would not mind having a conversation about well, this. Come, right? it, it, you won't have a conversation unless somebody comes at you. So, <laughs> so that's right. All right. Um, this is a band called Goat Girl. Goat Girl. Goat Girl. And is it girls? I'm, absolutely. It, there is. Um, or goats. Two girls, uh, I believe there are two girls and two guys, but I could be wrong. Four-piece uh, alternative Everybody's rock? so androgynous. Where are they from? I have no idea. I literally did zero research. I heard them this morning and fell for them. Oh, today? Yes. So, is this a new song? This is. It's called uh, Cracker Drool. Okay, let's hear this. When we come back, I want to do maybe some new music. Uh, I've got a couple new movies. Pot Laws, Ad Techniques, Fake TV Shows. Oh my God, we are done stress. with the. We're gonna have to stretch. After I know this. you. Whew, whew. I've got to go rape some children. <laughs> Across the promised land, settle down and drink your joke. 
straight in. I don't in. care if you're ready or not. Okay. <laughs> hey, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Episode 67 of the Jello Podcast. <sighs> yes. We're doing pretty yes. good, buddy. Yeah, I think so. I think so. We were just awarded a, a major award. Um, Which was? Uh, podcasts that have done more than 65 episodes. Hey. By the Podcasting Institute of America. You know what? Um, PIA. Uh, you know what? I'd like to thank God. He had something to do with it. He did. He did. It's true. But at the same respect, I'd like to thank Satan also because, you know, well, he, he helped. One of them gave you that she soothing helped. baritone. <laughs> <laughs> she okay. Let me tell you about a new movie. Horror movies come on ad nauseum uh, during uh, Halloween, uh, right? Yes. And well, you know, in, in October. In, not during. Cocktober. In Cocktober. Cocktober. I try to watch a scary movie every night. Uh, me too. Thank every you. Okay. I didn't know it's, this about you. By it, the way. It, it, it's a. I think it's a great thing, and I think that people should do, it, especially leading up to Halloween. Yeah, it, lean into it. It's yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that genre. There's a few things you can expect. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they got good at in the last ten or fifteen years was that scary editing. The jump scare. Yep. Yes, yeah. It's like, look at that little kid at the end of the hall. And then the kid's in your face, right? Yeah, the jump scare has become a good thing. Well, they've remade, it's sort of a prequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's called Leatherface. Have you heard, did you watch it yet? No, I have not watched it yet. But we talked for just a a minute about it. I'm going to spoiler it for you. I'm excited. The reason that I asked you to watch it, because um, I thought that horror films couldn't, that there's nothing else they could do to make oh, it. Oh, there are things. Well, there is. And they've added a sexuality part to it. Yes. Oh, you knew this. Well, if you think about it, it's... What else could make you recoil? It's kind of, in uh, a way, been there for a long time. And it, even yes. if you go back like to like Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween. Correct. There has been a um, uh, Friday 13th, mm-hmm. Jason killing like the it's two teenagers having sex. It's always the girl in her panties getting attacked. Exactly. Okay. Right, 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 right. But now, I didn't think about been, that. But they, especially Rob Zombie. Yep. He perfected that. It's interesting that the person I watched that Leatherface with mentioned that movie two or three times. He yep. he's done he's done great. He has done very 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 good things. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, uh, Almost unwatchable, really, if you're not in the right mood. Devils. Oh, Devils Reject. House of a Thousand Corpses will fuck you up. It will. Um, I had to de- turn it off. Devils Rejects. Pretty rough. Also had to turn it. That's off. a really really rough one. If it weren't for the cool cars, I wouldn't have left it on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, explain Leatherface. So Leatherface is. Um, it, it's. It's how that guy became what he is, and he was in a uh, an insane asylum. Okay. Okay. There's some. There's a family. It's sort of like it borrows from the Hills Have Eyes. There's a family in, and it's in Texas, by the way. It's also not too far from here. It's in like Bastrop. By the way, um, the ori- Oh, yes. Go on. The I know original Hills Have Eyes is fucked up, and the Very. remake is fucked up too. Very. And it's funny because out in Bastrop is where the gas station is, where Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Correct. That's they, where that whole situation was. They filmed some of that out there, and those yep. pastures look um, familiar. And, and by the way, when we worked at an auto uh, uh, repair shop, we, one of our customers was the original director for Chainsaw Massacre. He had an old Saab 9000 yes, or 900, right? Yep, yep. 9000. 
And the car was fucking nasty as shit. It was a piece of shit. Absolute piece of shit. By the way, I'm real quick. I know yeah, this sure. makes for bad uh, podcasting, but I'm going to show you. Who's that? That's the guy from, that's the clown from Devil's Rejects. Spooky. Yeah. Hold on. I got one more. He looks like a, the Ayatollah of Iran. She said he is the nicest man on the planet. He is super, super nice. But how could you be? Actor. Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple of things that stuck out in this movie. All right. I didn't know that it was going to get worse, but it did. So, when the inmates break out of the asylum, which sort of sets the thing in motion, right? The people that you think are going to end up crazy, the people, the person that you think is going to be Leatherface, trust your gut. It is. It, it's the guy. <laughs> but this couple that is sort of the vehicle for keeping things moving, when the shit goes crazy at the uh, insane asylum, the first thing she does is suck his cock while everybody's Oh, of course, because, you know, that's you know that, that's the time when you should do that. That shocked me. But then he banged her against the wall. Is that one of those things where it's the end of the world and you turn somebody and go, we might as well just fuck? Not this. This, No, not this. This is weird. So then they're running from the cops who are sort of, I don't want to ruin the whole thing, but they find this uh, like an old airstream out in a pasture so they can hide out in for a little bit. And there's a couple people that are with them that are reluctant to go. They're basically hostages. They find a dead body in there. And the first thing that somebody does, they step through the floor, that fucking uh, airstream, and she falls into him and ends up touching his face and kissing him. <laughs> okay, so... That's... Okay. Which is right. gross and yeah, funny yeah, at yeah. the same time, right? Because I'm trying to keep a light heart about it because I don't want to be scared. And then... <laughs> then they cut to this scene. Everybody's got to get some rest, right? And there's this chick riding him, and she's got those two little dimples above her butt that are oh, really hot. Right. On the, on the back? Yeah. Oh, I love those. Oh, my God. Guess what? Those. They were fucking on that dead body. And then he blows his load in her. Guess what she does? Makes out with the dead body. I'm not done. Fifteen how did minutes. this movie scare you? How did this? How did it not like, scare you? How did it scare that is so unbelievable. It's so ridiculously. See, I'm like a black person in the movies where I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. Why would that bitch do that? That bitch wouldn't do the thing. I wouldn't shut up either. Believe me. In fact, I had to pause it a couple of times. Like, I don't even have to pee. I just need to step away <laughs> from this for a few minutes. So then, um, Remember the part in, I think it was Empire Strikes Back, when they cut that tauntaun open and he puts Luke in there? Right, the guts kind of go come out. He gets in there to get warm. Uh, there's a few things I can suspend disbelief for. This was one part I couldn't. They're running from the cops. There's a dead cow in a field. They cut it open. Four of them get in there. To hide. To hide. No, that, that's, wait, no, no. I know, just, just sit on it. And then the next scene is them crawling out of the cow in this mud that's like, necrotic stuff from this cow they get out of it right like because it's gross and slimy from the blood and the guts and the in the mud and the blood and the cows and the mud. <laughs> call the thing what, rodeo what's, what's, a, oh, oh. what's it what, what's what's the name of that mud that uh that uh they used for acl that year that everyone's sliding through that had like bat guano in it what the 
what the hell is the name of that shit? Oh, oh my god, I know I'm gonna remember it after the podcast is over. This it's funny. Have you had enough? This movie it, so far what you tell me, I would laugh through this movie. But, sure, because I'm telling you. But, but if you had seen it, you'd be like, Oh, come the fuck on. Well, you know my my hey, my tolerance level is a little different. It's, Way high. Yeah, it's it's a little different uh, when it comes to. Well, I've learned that from you, and I, I was still like, God, come the fuck! Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I knew it the minute I looked at that girl riding him, and I was like, "That's hot." I go, "They're about to." F- They're about to something. Something's, something's gonna me. fucked up. <laughs> is that is that the reluctant master? You're like, ah, oh, fuck it. All right, God damn There's it. There's a few more things in it. That are really good twists towards the end. Okay. Um, Spoil it. Spoil the fucking movie. Spoil well, it. Well, there's a... Uh, when he becomes Leatherface, it's because it, there's the Oedipus thing. Is it the, we the son and the mom? Or is that the dad? It was the son and the mom. Yes. Yeah, she ends up sewing up his face and then putting this thing on there. And I think he does her too. And some other shit. Uh, no. I oh. know also... Hold on. There's some bestiality in it, too. Oh, yes! yes As if crawling yes, into yes. a dead cow carcass wasn't enough. Yes! So, I am definitely watching this movie. Watch, watch that movie. And by the way, on a completely different note, they're making that movie Dora, the Explorer. I saw that. Who's doing that? Who's responsible for this? You know, a movie has to be made about everything. That's really what we're getting to. We are officially out of ideas. Yeah, a movie has to be made out of everything. You know, it really does. It's it's getting. uh, We've talked about this a million fucking times. Is that uh, they can't let anything just what is it rest on its laurels? Yeah, just just let it be. Just you know, not. Is there a Teletubbies movie? Like you know, I mean. Right now, somebody is, has done a treatment for Teletubbies. Is there enough indoor to make an entire full-length movie? Is is that emoji movie, which failed miserably? It, it was one of the so worst much. rated, one of the worst times. Rotten Tomato rated movies of all time. You know, somebody paid for that. Somebody paid for it. Somebody paid for it. I wonder if it made its money back. It's funny because we we you. We think about this all the time about shitty movies. I'll give you an example. Um, I've a, got one for you too. Sir. A Christmas story. So a Christmas story. Uh, yeah. Which we think of Weird as example, but as one of classic. like a a classic Christmas movie. All right. When I think Christmas, that's a, a part of it. Yeah. Do you know it did so poorly during the Christmas season that it was pulled from theaters before Christmas even happened? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's how bad that movie did. That movie did not do well at all in theaters. And yet, it's a... It's a not I even own a the cult D- classic. It's, it it's a, a classic. It's yeah. It's not. It's definitely twenty four seven on yeah, TNT. Yeah, it is a classic movie. So it's funny what we think about as failures can come back. Oh, I love that sound. Mm. Can come back to... Um, whether it made its money back. Well, Did you know, it make its money? You the know? movie company that made that movie, Jim, that was about, I guess it was a cartoon that they yeah, made. Yeah, yeah. Right. Jim, uh, totally outrageous, right? Well, Is that? Everybody panned that movie too. You know what? They didn't lose a dime on that thing. 
See? You know why? Because that same movie company does nothing but uh, horror films. And to them, they spent nearly nothing on it. And the distribution went global. And they made gobstopping amounts of money. Trauma films. What's that? Trauma films. Is that who did that? No, Trauma films is the movie company that does... Um, uh, <laughs> That's just me. I'm not telling you. Uh, that, does, uh, that did Swamp Thing. Uh, Toxic Avenger, um, uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, like they they are campy. in the business of making these campy horror movies. But you know what? They make money. They make Lost money. Of yeah. Romeo and Juliet. They make money on every movie. They make these campy movies that you think who watches these? Who you know who watches them? I do. Like I do, and my friends that stay up at like at two thirty in the morning and watch you know weird shit. They, what we think of as a shitty film doesn't necessarily financially make a shitty film. Does that make sense? Yep. And and by the way, the way they count movie earnings, I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last 10 years, like Titanic, best selling movie of all time. I think the way they count box office now is different than the way they used to. Because don't tell me that some of these movies have made four hundred billion. Well, they, we, they count global, not just you have, right. You have now, you right? have international markets now, so that makes it and way so, different. But, yeah, yeah, way different. You know, it, and it, it's it's it we, doesn't mean that movies that didn't deserve recognition got it. I'm, it's just weird how they count it now. It That's is. what I'm. It is trying to say. You know. Uh, and it's also funny that we think about our movie market being so big and so prominent, yet India really has the largest movie market. Yeah. India, Asia, Asia period as a whole, their movie market is one and a half times larger than ours. That fucked up. There's a guy named Benny Lava who has done a lot of soundtracks for Bollywood movies. And I'm going to pause right here. No, no. It's going. No ad before Benny Lava? No, not at all. This is what I believe these songs. Can I see what you're looking at? (laughs) (laughs) This is a call to prayer, Bob. (laughs) Look at Benny Lava. Just check Benny Lava out. Baller. Somebody put that uh, karaoke to make fun of it, by the way. It's not what he's saying, but... I bet you he is getting so much... He's getting laid all the damn time. He's got so much chlamydia that it got rid of the chlamydia. (laughs) What the hell is this? Catchy, huh? It actually is, which is weird. Benny Lava, he doesn't bore us. He gets to the chorus. Oh my God, this is crazy. I like that somebody put the karaoke words in front of it, not knowing what he said. No, they, yeah, they even <laughs> said, that, this is what we think he's saying. This one part goes, I love you inside, Ed. <laughs> I love to see you pee on us tonight. What the hell? This is... Uh. Did you turn it down? This is excellent, yeah. All right, that's enough of that. (laughs) 
Oh my god, that is Well, it just goes nuts. to show Well, it, it's it, no account for people's taste, eh? Well, tastes are different internationally. That's right. They're different. If you put Jackie Chan in a movie here, he's Which is what at, they at this point gambled on. He's going to do mediocre. But the second they put it over there in China, Japan, it's going to sell through the roof. Because they love him over there. Yeah. Which I love him over here. I love he. He's fantastic. He really is. He 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 is. Um, he's one of the last of the Chan? stunt men, of kung fu guys. Like yeah, he really is. He truly is. He is one of the last of the kung fu. Yeah. Begs the question: Who's our next kung fu guy? <sighs> Do we have a market? For, maybe we, John Cena. Like maybe somebody like that. But uh, his hips. He, he, yeah, I, I, I don't know if we really have another. It, Do we want another? It may be one of those ebbs and flows thing where yeah. right now it's just in the ebb situation. Then we'll have somebody will come up like a Jet Li or a, or a Jaggy Chan, which I love those movies. Somebody's got to pass the torch. Chuck, Jet Li. Fucking Norris. Da, 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 what, they've got to pass the torch. I, I'm just waiting for Steven Seagal to come back. When's he? He's Russian now. By the way. He's a Russian <laughs> arms dealer. I'd like to shift gears if you don't mind. All right. Uh, something that's been in the news a lot lately is uh, pot. It really has. Right. It truly has. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about legalization. That's on its way. Not in Texas. No. I, and by the way, my argument is that Mississippi will be the last one. You say Texas, Texas will be, will the, be last the last one. one. Yeah. And that's it fine. Will, we'll have prostitution legal here before we'll have weed. No fucking way. Well, we won't have prostitution legal here. Uh, it, it, Ever. It's, yeah, it's not going to happen. We, we'll give weed. Will not be legal here. It abortions Texas, to prostitutes before we'll have prostitutes. Yeah, yeah but weed will not. It, it's not going to be legal in Texas. It's just not going to happen. No. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing, because for a f- several reasons, conservatism. That's one banked, and the crops that are grown here. Right. Some cotton far- these cotton farmers ain't letting that happen. Well, as we all know, well, we don't all know, but the history of Hempstead. So Hempstead, the reason why Hempstead is called Hempstead is because it originally was a hemp farming community. Farmstead. Yeah, and that that's their Hempstead was originally a hemp farming community, and that is why it is called Hempstead until it was become until it became illegal. So at one point, I never made that connection. The word hemp is in it. Yeah. So at one point there, you know, we actually grew hemp here in Texas. Everybody else. Plentiful, as a matter of fact. And then um, uh, I can get, I know, I I know the whole history. So the argument that I don't like to hear anymore is that hemp's a great crop for making rope. Look, there's no shortage of rope, people. And 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 those shirts that are made of, of hemp don't feel very good. We could make new constitutions out of it. We, simply put, we want it for a recreational drug. And by the way, it uh-huh. is better. And I know the pharmaceutical lobby doesn't like it. That is the biggest part. The interesting thing to me is that we know more on an atomic level about what pot has in it and what it does to us psychologically than any other fucking drug on yep. the market besides yep. Wilbutrin and fucking ibuprofen. I dated a... Um, a girl for a little while, a girl, India. woman, a woman for a little while, and that <laughs> was her. <laughs> her major was um, was uh, psychological studies of psychotropic drugs. For instance, where um, do you take that? Um, for instance, ecstasy At treating Texas? PTSD. 
Um, uh, yeah. she, she went to St. Ed's and then she okay. went up to college somewhere up in the Pacific Northwest. Okay. But like, uh, things like that acid, well, you know, LSD, well, yeah, a lot of people know. and all that. LSD was originally, um, used to treat alcoholism. It's a form of study still. Yeah. And it has been yeah. since the sixties. So, yeah. uh, but go on. Uh, there are a lot of different illegal drugs that were created for, for reasons that we could be utilizing today. I know that everybody that's pro pot legalization knows this, but that it's a schedule one drug, which puts it on par with heroin and cocaine is the dumbest shit ever. And that's a holdover from the Nixon administration. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, how long ago was that? 50 fucking years. Yeah. Yeah. We'd only had cars for 50 years by that time. It's it's ridiculous. It really is. It is ridiculous. But that's not the point. The interesting thing now is that since the legalization is happening, there's a money grab here. And whoever gets there first is going to make a gobstopping amount of money. Especially if you're a landowner in a place sure. in which it can be grown easily. The Lachey brothers. Yeah, Nick Lachey from uh what is that? Uh what was that? Ninety eight degrees or what was the name of that mm-hmm. band? Nick Lachey and his brothers. His fame for me is that he banged uh, Jessica Simpson. Yes, sir. <sighs> thank you. <sighs> I'll argue that that uh, clothing line is uh, his. she likes it in the butt. Um, so him and his brothers owned a big piece of property, and I can't remember what state it was. But in the last ballot, it was put up for vote of legalization, and if it had passed, they were going to be. They stood to make. They they were going to be the richest landowners on U.S. property. Interesting that you say that. But it failed. Well, because they do this fucking thing where they append who is going to control the distribution of that. And right. that is the point of this. Like in Ohio, they were this close to legalizing it over there, over there, up there, wherever. It depends on where you live. What? voted it down was they go you've given us three choices of people that get to control the flow of this and we don't like that it's not that we don't like the legalization of this we just don't like who you're handing it to right so again lobbies well the interesting thing about this is what goes into that this article um i think it's from gq here is how come gets switched to one or the other. It's called utility patents. And utility patents are so strict that almost everyone who comes in contact with the plant could be hit with a licensing fee. Growers of shops, growers in shops, of course, but also anyone looking to breed new varieties and conduct research. Even after someone pays a royalty, they can't use the seeds produced by the plants they grow. They can only buy more patent... It's interesting that the article leads off with a reference to Monsanto. Yep, yep. They can only buy more patented seeds. So a company, i.e. Monsanto, mom call them Monsanto. <laughs> if they patent the seed, they, they own make the seed. money on they every distribution. It's like the record business. Look, that, I press the record. I don't give a shit what's on it. Right, right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So what they're saying is utility patents are Big comma scary. Uh, this guy named Mowgli Holmes. Interesting name, don't you think? Love that name. Guess what the pot industry is worth estimated now. 
right now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. It's a B. Um, you know yeah, I, I know that. I'm going to go with uh, over 150. It's 40 billion, which okay. makes it the yeah. second most valuable crop in the U.S. after corn. Correct. Yeah. And even though weeds still federally forbidden, whoever's in the Biotech Institute maneuvering to grab the marijuana farmer, vendor, and scientist by the balls, all they got to do is collect the payment to squeeze. That's all they got to do. Interesting. Yeah, that's all they got to do. The upside is that states' rights trump federal things. But at any time, the federal government can go, uh, I need to keep my job. Let's go seize that. Remember, that's that's what they cop. did in California when California very first experimented with it. That and one of now. the credits I give to California was was going out on a limb with that. And I remember when that first started out, in which they, it was not unusual to hear about a federal seizure of a of a, a of a weed of clinic. Land. Yeah, yeah, and in which. They weren't, um, what is that? Because they didn't like the distribution of it. Right. right. Meanwhile, the person who has the patent, the utility patent on that seed still makes money because the weed got grown off of it. Yep. And all they got to do is sit back. It's fucked up. Sit back and sue. This will all settle out, but when it settles out, who's going to make the money? Big business. Big business always wins. You and and me can go, right. You and me can go into the weed business. We'll make plenty of money doing it, but we ain't going to make what we yeah money. yeah we, we we're not going to make what we're deserved to make because we were on the cutting edge of it and monsanto is a prime example of somebody who is not only on the cutting edge of it but they have been fighting against it because they are in the pocket again of big pharma god i could go sure where, i know could, do me a favor i'm gonna go make a hat out of your tin foil and um <laughs> just give me a second <laughs> Because I need to go. I'm going to make a little sailor's cap. It's going to look cute. It's well, going to be stylish. This segues into um, what's called the invisible company. Because we we're talking about where you exist in this pantheon of distribution making. Anyway, there's what they say now is broadly speaking, the people in pot can be divided into three groups. The first were the outlaws, right? Okay. We All grew right. pot. We weren't supposed to be selling it. All right. Now yeah. we started making enough money. Then they sort of legalize it. We still do it, right? Backwoods, contrarians, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them. Right. The people like this um, are often disliked because they maintain the spiritual and physical benefits but of they're cannabis. they're not really unliked. They're really not unliked. Right. Right. Then there are the green rushers. You ever heard of these people? These are the people who, um, I'm just going to guess yeah, right here. These are the people who saw the business opportunity and rushed in to it to develop a business around the legalization Perfect. of it. Okay. These are the financiers and yes. entrepreneurs who yeah. got involved only once it looked like the country was moving inexorably towards legalization. Many green rushers like to get high, but are primarily concerned with... Money. Money. Lachey Brothers. Bingo. Prime example. They take as little legal risk as possible, which means Mm -hmm. starting businesses that relate to marijuana but do not involve the plant itself, which is fucking semantics. 
Banks fall under federal law, so anyone who opens a dispensary could have their assets seized. seized. Or, um, or banks won't even, just like porn stars, banks won't even give them accounts. So they have to deal in an all cash situation. So or a DBA. That yeah, they can't. Somebody they can't even put their money. They have to deal with all cash, which is dangerous in itself. Which leads us to the people are called code switchers. They turned to weed back when the economy was faltering. There was an even greater overlap between black market and medical marijuana that there is now. Code switchers saw regulated pot on the horizon. Those are the people who probably had um, what is what are they called marijuana banks. Um, they had the, which would treat cancer so patients, good. AIDS patients, things like that. Um, they learned and, to speak the language of the outlaw, but yeah. they also knew how to prefer, right. uh, professional in right. front of green rushers who gave them money, right. giving them the ability to toggle between worlds or code switch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, there was one. There was a really, really good one out there in San Marcos for quite a while. God, you should have written this article. <laughs> uh, his well, name I was did. Michael Bax, a renowned figure in California yes, marijuana circles. Yes, Some call yes. him Morpheus. Dude, he was a great, he was, he, dude, he was actually Two a really. Two ponytails, didn't he? And, uh, yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He, there, there was actually right there off of. Um, Bald and Defiant, Piercing Eyes. He co-founded uh, one of the biggest marijuana dispensaries in L.A., I so this guy also had a place there in San Marcos. He had a oh, place shit. in Houston. Yeah, he had a place in. Um, this is San Marcos, California. Are you sure it was? San no, Marcus, no, Texas? it was it was San Marcos, Texas. Cause I wandered in there one time. Um, it's just it's just funny how, um, but you know, those of us uh, that are not even fringe, those of us who are just regular. People, regular Joes who know people who have smoked weed or smoke weed on a regular basis, just going and being in high school in the eighties, you've always wondered why, why, why the it makes no sense for this, uh, why, why, and I, as much as people talk about Nixon starting it, and you can even go back to the whole like Anslinger, like way back during Prohibition. I really attribute to Reagan more than anything, which is f- the funniest thing because he was, he is touted as being the most free market Republican. <laughs> Except for that, because his wife had to take on something and it was say no to drugs. A and lot. Drugs was weed. A lot of code switchers. Funny about this. I saw a documentary. I guess it was. I prefer a rockumentary. Thank you. About 15 years ago. A lot of code switchers were Republicans. A lot of them are Republicans because of the free market of cons- of conservative. Well, the market will eventually determine. It absolutely will. The market Slow was it. Jeff, that's what Jeff Ward says. The market will eventually rule in all aspects. The market is going to rule. <laughs> the market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Can I play Ed? Well, listen, listen, uh, listen, Jeff, as you know. <laughs> you know, he sits in a dark, he blacks out his studio. He turns off the lights in there Shut when he does his show. Does he really? Yeah. Good. I like him a lot. All right, turn off that light over there. <laughs> Can All right. we, we are at an hour. I'd like to mix a drink, bump out with something, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to love this. Turn that up, would you? <laughs> uh-huh. 
This is called Industrial is Dead. It's by a band <laughs> called... The irony is that it is nothing more than industrial. <laughs> it sounds like sandpaper. They're called Rabbit Junk. How could you do that to your drummer? Oh my god. You're welcome. <laughs> Let me come back. Fake TV shows. Oh, yes. Um, there's some dad stuff we got to cover. Okay. There's a few ad techniques that have fucking bothered me. Of course, me of course. I have examples. I'm really glad we took care of that. Oh, really hey, sh- early. Is Harvey short for something, by the way? Harvard? No, I don't Harry? think. Harry? How? Must your baby is be Hal called short for Har- Harvey? Like, this is baby Harvey? It's like a baby Gary. Like, the... Like that's no, just an adult's like name. A, like that's just, that's weird. Baby at, Norman, look at like that little baby. Let's call him Shiflets. <sighs> okay, I'm fixing it. Right. Okay. Uh, see you in a minute. No captain talks like that. Ah, <laughs> uh, there we go. Shut up. I took two weeks vacation <laughs> for the honeymoon. A couple tickets all inclusive down in Cancun. I couldn't get my money back so I'm in seat 7A. Hey. I'm getting drunk, drunk on a plane. I bet the bell around me. I thought I was crazy. Cause I taped your picture to the seat back right beside me. Now I've got him I'm getting drunk on a plane. Everybody. Drinks for everybody but the pilot. Fucking Kenny Chesney. Coke and whiskey. (laughs) Got this 737 rocking like a G6. Now that is. Doesn't rhyme. But look at everybody taking shots. (laughs) That's a plane to Cancun. Very Molly Ringwald. Because <laughs> it's on the back of her head. <laughs> I'm getting drunk on a plane. Everybody. Jesus. <laughs> See, Dirk Bentley's still um, responsible. He buys drinks for everybody. But the pilot. <laughs> Whereas Hunter S. Thompson would just be like feeding him cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
some guy. <laughs> it's making it rain. Never come down. I'll try. <laughs> Bong hit. David Spade is the that, co-pilot. Dude, that plane it looks at, like it's in such disrepair. Look, everybody's going to die. Like, yeah, that's some Mexican airline. Yeah. How were those drinks, everybody? Were they were they good? The drinks yeah, were good. Yeah, they tasted like now a you're dog all going to die. Yeah. David Spade right there. Class, so I can drink that the champagne, champagne fucking goddamn glass. <laughs> He's wearing a Canadian tuxedo. Hey, I'm drunk on a plane. Ah, there you go. All right, thanks for indulging me on that. Hey, at least I didn't hit you with some EDM. <laughs> Well, shit, I hit you with, like, hard metal industrial out of nowhere. Like, the, the look on your face, you, we, your eyes, like, I could see all the white around your iris. You were like, what the fuck just happened? We span the globe. <laughs> By the way, you know who I miss? Who's that? I miss Cornell, man. I still miss him. We lost one there. You know, there have been a lot of uh, bands that have been doing live renditions of uh, no, not only um, his songs, but also Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, th- there's been a lot of them out there. And in fact, well, you know, that 25 year cycle that we talk about where it's okay to do. Yeah. yeah and by the way, that's around. when the BMI and ASCAP stuff runs out. I mean, mm-hmm. you. What what I hear the other day what, that what um, old uh, song would you do from that era from the grunge era if if you were going to redo one if if, and if I, you say probably with the cracker I'm going to hit you I'm come across this table no um uh it'd be a Temple of the Dog song that that album was amazing I know it, it. was it was shockingly amazing I remember being in the birth ritual lot. is the one his you can't sing that. No, no. That if you did, you would never sing again, because you'd break your damn vocal cords. Is yeah, what you do. It, and like that song you just played for me, your drummer, he's never gonna play again. You, you <laughs> broke him. You broke he, him. He literally broke both of his fucking arms. <laughs> so, um, I have TV shows. Thank you. All right. You so, said uh, to me earlier, fake TV shows. This is something that's bothering you, or it's just a thing that I didn't know about, or what? I would say this. I am going to present you with TV shows, and you are going to tell me whether they... Are real or not? Yes. Ooh, I like this. And they're coming. These might be TV shows that are coming sooner in the future. Okay. All right? All right. Um, Will I know by the title, or are you going to give me a... I'm going to give you the title also. A synopsis and the title. Exactly. Do I need to know who's in it? or There will be, yeah. You're going to give me a little... Like, I will give you who will be in it also. Ooh, yes. I like this. Okay. Yes. Okay. Um, it's called Sunbathers. All right. Episode 67. It's a Hulu series starring David Schwimmer as the freshly divorced owner of a struggling family-operated business that rents out beach equipment in a mob-infested Daytona beach. <laughs> so, real or fake? Um, 
is part of my answer whether part of that plot is fake or if the whole show is real or fake? If the whole show is real or fake. So it's like a it's 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 like a uh, Ozarks. You're giving me a referendum on this. Yeah, up and oh. down. Uh, yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. It's it's like an Ozarks for the Miami <laughs> Beach sunbathing community. David Schwimmer, his family business is renting out what? It is um okay. And they have their family renting money from- beach chairs to tourists in a mob-run town in Florida. I'm going to say that's real only because you're looking at the phone. Fake. Fuck. A Rock on Rock, a VH1 show in which The Rock attends rock concerts and then has a heart-to-heart conversation. Fake. No way. Fucking fake. Very good. All right. Fake. Very, very good. So you lobbed that. That was a softball. NCIS Boston. Real. Fake. (laughs) Why? Because they've already done it. (laughs) With every other city. (laughs) Halt and Catch Fire. Have you ever, have you seen Halt and Fire, by the way? <laughs> no, tell okay, me Never is. mind. We're going to go past it. Okay, pass. Um, Columbo 2254, an adaptation of the classic Peter Falk detective series set in a dystopian future in which humans are fighting for survival against machines. I want this to be real so bad. If you can tell me who it is, that would be Peter Falk. Let's say it's David Schwimmer. And one more thing. Uh, that's fake. That's fake. Um, let's see. Uh, all right. Uh, was that, that fake? W- that was it. Yes. They're all fake. All of them are fake. Oh, you had me going. <laughs> but I really want to see Columbo 2254, like in a bad way. Sure. Yeah. Well, you they know just what? did Be- Blade Runner. I'd like to see Fuck. Rock on Rock. I wouldn't mind Rock on Rock. I think that would be fun to see. I know. He's endearing. He is very endearing. There was a time when I was like, haven't we all had enough Dwayne Johnson? But you know what? He's fine. He's great. He's got a fantastic personality. John Cena want to be him. He kind of deserves to be him. He really does. I, I Why? Like, I like John Cena's personality more than I like The Rocks. They are different. Yeah, they, they are. I, I like John Cena better than I like The Rock. Well, he's sort of, uh, what is it called? Self-deprecating. You know, when... He he can make fun of himself. Broad um was it uh what was that uh what was that Amy Schumer movie he was in? Yeah, he's very funny. He was that. fucking fantastic. It's in called Trainwreck, I think. Oh, it was so good. He is that's a thing the rock doesn't do well that John Cena does. John Cena does like Justin Timberlake. They do um self deprecation very yeah, well. You know, uh when I knew Cena was for real was when he was talking about Vince fucking McMahon. Uh, when the WWE kept climbing, getting bigger, Vince smartly bought the rights to the John Cena name. And he said to him, I fucking own you and anything you do that you put your name on. And I don't know how he got out of that contract, but, but he copped to it that he went down on Stephanie McMahon. That's all he had to I, do. I would have totally done, like in a heartbeat. I'd have gone down. This such a crush on Stephanie McMahon. Oh my god. Vince McMahon's one of the worst interviews ever. He was at the Kentucky Derby one time, and they shouldn't have gone to him. Well, he's an he's a completely scripted actor. Like he probably doesn't know anything else besides being robot. scripted. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he really is. But he's a smart, rich fucking robot. 
I wonder if you or I got to be that loaded. Uh-huh. Would would you become so fucking jaded that you can't treat people the right way anymore? I'm already so jaded I don't treat people the right way. No shit. So yeah, well, you just have a big checking account. Um, Mandy said the other day, she said, um, <laughs> she said, uh, oh, wow. You said this to me. You said. Oh, I said it to you. Yeah, okay. you said. Uh, <laughs> You said it a while back. Where You're you said, such a dick. I can't imagine you being more of a dick. Yeah. You, you, what did you say? You said you just don't trust people who are nice to you. I don't think many people do. Yeah. I just, I, it's not my thing. I just, I, I can't do it, you know? And that's, and, and well, it begs Mandy the question, goes, what does it take for you to let them in? Mandy goes, that's why Upshaw's a dick to you every once in a while. <laughs> I'm just checking. <laughs> make sure that we're just making sure you're on level ground. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Uh, dad stuff and a few ads. All right. Um, I, I don't think I want to pull them up. I, I just want to glance off them. There's a lot of um, pharmaceutical ads. There's a shit. And they have these big disclaimers. Um, if, if you're suffering from da da da, if you're taking an MOA inhibitor, blah, blah, blah. there's one called Obdivo. Have you seen this one? No. <laughs> I'll make it short. But one of the disclaimers, don't take Obdivo if you are allergic to Obdivo. How the fuck do I know? How do I know? Don't fuck the chicken if you haven't laid the egg. I mean, why? Now, I don't take. I think you know this about me. I'm not a pill taker, even aspirin, ibuprofen. Certainly wouldn't take that. No, I am not a big pill taker, regardless. And when I see these ads. Except for those that make your cock hard. I'll take those every once in a while. I'll talk to you about that later. Pretty fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) They make my mouth dry. It's. It's. When you hear the very end of the commercial, who goes. Who goes? Oh, I I should recommend that to. I should ask my doctor about that. Well, when you hear it, the end of the commercial, every to, commercial, I go, why would I even attempt to take because it? Because it cures something so very specific, like the one for um, not mild to specific Crohn's disease. But oh, the one yes, where you have yes. the one where you have uh, that red skin thing. Uh, 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 I get it on my face every once in a while. Um, uh, not rosacea, but it's. Uh, I know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, eczema. It's something yeah, like that. Yeah. But they show a guy. He's at <laughs> at a salad bar at like a Whole Foods, and he's leaning over the uh, sneeze screen, and this girl looks at him. She's like, "Yeah." And then he leans over and gets some uh, macaroni salad, and she sees this red spot on his arm, and she's like, Ugh, "I don't like that." That's that's doesn't ex- that's not well, the way life he works. Takes this pill, and twenty seconds later, he's having a house party. People are over. They're happy. They're eating his food. He's smiling. It's house party four. Kid and player there. You know, it's it's nuts. Uh-huh. Will Ferrell's though. They're they doing show, like beer bongs. They show this like, one lady. She's got this nasty, like fucked up green shit on her fucking neck. Not green, but red. And then she does yoga. Nobody wants to be next to her. Cut to twenty not, seconds later. She's been taking that pill. Somebody actually touches her neck, embraces her like she was a leper before. That's not the way life works. Well, if that you take isn't that pill, the fucking way it works. All right. The second, really second ad is this. The absurdity of what people write in ads, when they expect me to be stupid, it makes me mad. Because I know that I'm not the only one. All right. There's an, uh, an AC company in San Antonio. And whoever wrote the copy was not a copywriter. 
nor was it the ad agency. This guy paid for a schedule of radio ads, and they let him write it. And he leads with, yeah, you know what? Pretty much everybody knows us by now. So, anyway, we're just running a special. We'll check on your That's AC. That's too the, pompous. It really is. It's too pompous. What he thought in his mind is that if you don't know us, then you want to be on the boat. I responded exactly the opposite. Everybody knows us. Fuck you. I've never fucking heard of you. Yeah, that's pompous as shit. And I'm not shit. using your company. I would. In fact, I bet you, you the people who work for him fucking hate him. Yeah, I bet that's, they give him bad Yelp ratings. Oh, they that, give that's, themselves bad Yelp ratings. That is, that's a horrible, that's the horrible kind of piece of copy. That's you a one star rating for me. Oh, that's really bad. That, but, that's the kind of copy that gets you a. Two o'clock in the morning, phone call on your answer machine from up from me. <laughs> Yeah, it was the guy. <laughs> Clay Cooley. <laughs> well, it was the uh, guy from Apple Leasing at first. Oh, that's what it was. He, he, it was, it's this old school sales mentality that people respond to pain. If you can, uh, uh, negging, it's called if negging. If you can help them, uh, fix that pain, then they will respond to your sales techniques. Yeah. But he would use that in his commercial. He goes, you know the reason that people don't like car payments? Pain. And we relieve that pain. Fuck no. Yeah. It, don't yeah, call it that. Yeah, it's called negging. Yeah. It's, Is it's, it really? Yeah, it's, it's 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 akin to nagging. It no, it's akin to when you um when you want to hit on a woman at a bar uh-huh. and you point out her flaw to start with so that it lowers the self esteem. It's an anchor. Yeah. Yeah, it lowers self esteem so that they try to strive to, to be. Yeah, that. it's called negging. Yeah, and and con, and that's a big thing in the PR and oh, advertising. Kind of like if you walked up to a group of girls, and go, "Is anybody else noticed the service is slow here?" Or if you go up to a group of girls and you hit on what you think is the ugly one in the group, and then I they all try to strive. To uh, what? To to Fix get her? with you? No, to get with you. Because they're wondering why <laughs> she's getting so the attention. If I see it's, a group, that's of... what it's called. It's called negging. I know it. I know it. I've I've heard it before. It, what is it? It's um exclusivity creates demand. The the no the You're the right, right the the um the it's a little the fascia, in there too. Right, the fascia of exclusivity will create demand. You're pretty smart. That's now, if there's people, four, so people tell me. If there's people four girls sitting over there, this is why it works. If we wanted to go do this, because you'd hit on the ugly one, and then <laughs> what, what I know is that if there's four girls there, by the way, this is the reason that chivalry is dead because somebody wrote that book, The Game. Now we can't even open doors. Absolutely, for the girls. we can't. Absolutely, we can't even Absolutely. compliment somebody because they'll feel like it's too yeah. much. Yeah. Now we just got to be our cool selves Dude, and wait. I, I feel <gasps> very bad for my son. I feel very bad for him. He I, can't make a normal pass at a woman. He anymore. is going to have a very rough time in the next decade trying to find a wife, if that's what he's going to do. Well, the upside is that it starts and ends with this it little does. device in your it pocket, does, which wasn't phone. there before. Right, right. He's going to have a hard time. It's it's going to be rough on him, all because um, a few bad apples spoiled the fucking bunch. Because they'll think he's overdoing it if he's too nice. Right, right. I mean, every- and whenever he is, whenever he is really nice or um, outgoing, people think he's an asshole. People think there's a um, there's a fake what's it called ulterior motive. 
there. <laughs> the motive is getting your pants. Yeah, or the motive is just being who the fuck you are, and with the manners you have, it it's man. Yeah, it's I tough. feel it's, very there's sorry that weren't there before. The dating culture for that generation, they are going to have such a fucking hard time. It's it's going to be really really bad for them, and um. It's, well, hipsters don't care. They thought sex was too mainstream. They shit, hipsters aren't even having sex. They're not even they fucking don't. like. They're yeah. asexual. I uh, I was talking to somebody the other day at this brunch who was yeah. who just moved here from Portland, and Portland was named the number one brunch worst city. place to date in the nation. And I asked her. I said, "Did, not did you think that of singles? But there are a ton of singles." People are very good looking. The women, I, you know, Healthy this. I fuck. love Portland. Portland has unbelievably good looking mm-hmm, women, mm-hmm. but there is a click to it. There are um, neighborhoods, and within those neighborhoods, there there are even smaller little um, cells mm-hmm. that nobody gives anybody a chance. Ugh. Well, and it's it's here's where what we do still kind of works. You go. For the ugliest one, thinking that somehow when you cast that net, what I'll do is if there's four there, I'll just pick one that I like, and just not the ugly. And then I'll talk to her, and the other three are going, "Does she know him? What?" Meanwhile, the girl's like, "Oh, cool! This guy's talking to me, chatting me up." And then at some point, they'll be like, "Do you want us to get rid of him?" And she'll be like, "No, Cheryl. This is my friend. What's your fucking name? Brian. And this is Cindy over here." And then I whip it out. <laughs> just, just here it is. Here it is. And then I hope somebody's not going to get a hernia. And you go, you never close your. <laughs> okay, the last one is this. If, unless I'm cutting you off. No, not at all. All right, I'm cutting you off. The last one is this. It's it's akin to that everyone knows us. It's a financial commercial. A lot of financial companies that are on sort of talk radio do this. They call it. My company's financial engines, or we are the money store, or, or whatever. As if it's sort of like even you two can play in this, right? No, we can't. Unless you have a bunch of money to fling around, you're not going to make a bunch of money. Five ninety in the afternoons. Every other commercial break at least has that commercial. Oh, yeah, I yeah, know it. yep. So yep. you probably heard this. This guy comes on, and the first thing out of his mouth. Hi, it's Tim something, uh, owner of the hit podcast, Today's Growth. Yes, Have you yes. heard this? I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to sell you anything, but... It's, but uh, yeah. This is the income no. store. Yes, yes, yeah. There's nothing hit about that podcast. No, no. Nobody's listening to it unless they're up driving that early in the morning on a Saturday fucking morning, which is me. People I'm, that oh. listen to podcasts, there's a younger crew. True. True. I mean, fuck that. (laughs) Today's hit podcast. Dude, unless you are um, JRE, unless you're Mark Marin, unless you're, um, was it my mom's mom's house, unless you're those podcasts, you're not a hit. uh, Tim Ferriss, you're not, you're not a hit podcast. There are very few quote, hit podcasts out there right now you because, can make money with it. that's not the point yeah yeah i said this before we started this 
you know what? We really do this for ourselves. We really do. Sure. And it's fucking fantastic. It's really fun. Also, fucking when cheers. friends come on, um, Jeff Drilling, we're looking for you. We are. By we the are. way, I know who's going to listen to this also. Um, Matt, uh, uh, Brad Matheson came on. He did a podcast in the afternoon. I never posted it. Why and if I you? post this one before You were that, at my house and I told you to post it. I, know I it, said it, it specifically. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put that one up first. The thing is, I've got to edit it. We were both sort of hung over from the day before. He was kind of squirrely. By the way, he his nickname is Poodle Nuts. <laughs> he was talking about the dark web and some other stuff. There's some jewels in there. And by the way, he hit me on, uh, on Twitter. He goes, I guess there wasn't very much good content in my podcast i said man Who i just cares? haven't been jived by it lately and, and no it's not a diss but he knows i wish you'd have uh what what matt from the very first time i was on yeah uh matt young <sighs> and by the way I uh, he man. came over the other day he's got I a miss new girlfriend that fucking man i hope he is listening matt i fucking miss you i miss you so he much he said he'd come do it by the way he's <sighs> got a new girlfriend named vanessa he just turned 40 his balls are 40 years old that's pretty gross but he seems really happy, and um, by the way, if you're wondering what keeps the power grid going, he's one of those guys. Oh, oh, nice, nice. Anything about dad stuff? No, no, let's pass it up. Let's pass it up. Let's close this bitch out. You got let's it. Do you have this. any music for us to go out on? Um, I bet you I do. Hold on. Uh, give me one second, because I guarantee you I do. I will tell you this. Um, I got as, one. Oh, go for it. You ready? Oh, yes, yes. It's going to be loud so, in your ear holes. Episode 67. In the can? Yeah, and I'm super buzzed. I'm it's getting great. drunk on a plane. Absolutely. Hey, um, Logan, could you please stop costing me so much fucking money? <laughs> Love you, Bob. Love you too, big Remind man. me to do Matheson's thing on this. Yeah, will do. Drilling, we're looking for you. We're looking for a lot of people. Yeah, I know. Ah, Alexis, come back Spence. on. Let's, let's fucking do this. Yeah, get out of your sad hole that you're in. Oh. I'll slip two fingers in that sad hole. And then, um, uh, I'll watch. Who else? Uh, Spence? Do you want to come do it? Spence, absolutely. Yeah. Come on. Let's do this uh, again. What about uh, our black friend, uh, the oh, light-skinned dark man? Marshawn. My Marshawn, man. What do you want to do? My man. Damn right. Maybe. Missing those three teeth in the back. I love that band. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> missing three teeth? Yeah, same thing I got. You got missing teeth? From what? Oh, fights. Fights. Normally fights. your fronts get knocked All out. All those fights. All those fights. Oh, you got hit in the jaw. Yes, I did. <laughs> love you, buddy. Bye. Uh.
Yeah.